everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Wild Mystery Podcast Appears, where we discuss mysteries, histories, and occasionally conspiracies. I'm your host, Belle. And I'm your co-host, Solly. Today, we are reviewing the case of The Lost Land of Punt. Can't wait. Ooh. I remember you mentioning this and me being like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> what is this? What Would did you, you just call makes, me? <laughs> it makes me laugh. <laughs> it makes me laugh, because I'm, I'm actually genuinely surprised that you haven't heard about this. So... No. I'm um, the one who minored in art history in college. Dun, dun, dun. My first stint through college. <laughs> um, so for those of you who are, who are new or who um, have listened or whatever, <laughs> if you've listened to our Screaming Mummy episode in, in season one, then you might have an idea what we're talking about today. Um, basically, a very broad concept is that the location of Punt was incredibly culturally significant in Egypt. And everyone knew where Punt was, so it's not super significant to write it down because it would be silly to do so. Why put it on a map? Because everyone knows where Punt is. Are we dealing with a Troy situation where nobody's really sure where Troy was? I guess. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So a modern example for you folks is when you read recipes today, we don't specify chicken eggs. Um, Culturally, we don't need to write that down because we all know what we mean. So Mm. this is kind of a larger scale example of what we're experiencing but it's i think i don't know you might get into this it seems weirder with a whole ass town because what if somebody's never been there before like okay hell if i know (laughs) so basically what i'm gonna kind of be doing with today's episode is i don't as i'm kind of trying something new with this one where i don't i have a bit i have like half a script and a hope and a dream basically so I've got what I know about Punt, what I've kind of researched very lightly, but I'm kind of going to go through a lot of the resources and just kind of see what I find and see what we come across. And I'm kind of curious to see how it flows. Okay. Um, so with that being said, what and where is Punt? The land of Punt was an ancient kingdom known from ancient Egyptian trade records. It is known to have produced and exported gold, aromatic resins, blackwood, ebony, ivory, and wild animals. Now, it is possible that it corresponds to, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, opponent in Somalia, which is later known by, or as it was later known by the ancient Greeks. Um, While some biblical scholars have identified it with the biblical land of Put or Havilah. Now, at times, uh, Punt is referred to as the land of the god. Um, And no one knows where the location of Punt is. It's debated by historians. And a lot of options have been offered, but no one has been able to narrow it down yet. Um, the basic kind of directions that were provided on the walls of Egypt, and this also could just be the fact, it could be written down somewhere. We, we just, just don't have the it. translation <laughs> yet. Um, is that it was to the south of Egypt, southeast of Egypt. Um, it was a Red Sea coastal region because it was accessible by land or by sea. Um, and so the options that have been presented are Somaliland, Somalia, Djibouti, Northeast Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Northeast Sudan. It is also possible that it covered both the Horn of Africa and S- Southern Arabia, uh, Puntland, the Somalia administrative region. Um, at the end of the Horn of Africa is named in reference to it. What does administrative mean in a co- like An administrative country? region mean? Yeah. 
great question. No idea. <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> that you also don't know. Let's see, what does administrative region mean? Does that just mean it's where the capital is? Administrative regions are the territorial. Ter- administrative mm. regions are the territorial units which a country is <clears throat> divided in. There's normally an administration with some government functions. Oh, okay. So Washington D.C. Okay, that makes so it, it is kind of what I thought. Okay, I'm with you. Makes sense. Yay. Um. Now I the did something. <laughs> Um, the earliest recorded ancient Egyptian expedition to Punt um, that we have found so far was organized by Pharaoh Saur of the 5th dynasty, which is 25th century BC. You, okay, you said expedition. For some reason, that made me think... Archaeological expedition? Yeah. Is, is that what... No. No, okay. So it was still, like, inhabited at the yeah. time. Okay. yeah. It's basically like Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, Expedition is in. It's a long journey. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and they returned with uh, um, various cargoes. Um, however, uh, gold from Punt is actually recorded as having been in Egypt as early as the time of Pharaoh Khufu of the fourth dynasty. Dynasty. Um, now, there are reportedly more expeditions to Punt for the 6th, 11th, 12th, and 18th dynasties of Egypt. In the 12th dynasty, trade with Punt was celebrated in popular literature in the tale of the shipwrecked sailor. Um, now, a lot of the opinions on where places where Punt could possibly be is um, northeastern Africa, based on the fact that the products of Punt, as depicted in Hatshepsut, <laughs> I hope you know her name. Um, illustrations were they were found in the Horn of Africa, but were less common um, in places like Arabia. Arabia has actually now been ruled out, basically. Oh, as being where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, again, the products that Punt was producing was gold, aromatic resins such as myrrh, frankincense, and ebony. Um, the animals depicted in Punt included giraffes. I'm sorry. Um, the uh, the products included um, gold and aromatic resins such as myrrh, frankincense, and ebony. Murder. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that fine. This is Judas Snow. Um, the wild animals depicted in Punt included giraffes, baboons, hippopotami, and leopards. Um, and... Um, in 2003, Ian Shaw, who's an Egyptologist, wrote that there's still some debate regarding the precise location of Punt, which, wa- which was once identified with the region of modern Somalia. A strong argument has now been made for its location in either southern Sudan or in the Eritrean region of Ethiopia, where the indigenous plants and animals equate most closely with those depicted in the Egyptian reliefs and paintings. Now, um... According to Simon, how the hell do you say that name? Highlight it. Najaf. Najof. Nahovis. I don't. I don't know. Is it a... Simon? 
but I don't know how to. Well, okay, and that's kind of funny. So their name is actually wrong because it's Simpson, 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 Simon Simpson. No, Simpson, Hobbits, Hobbits. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) gotcha. I wonder if he goes by Simon. Um, according to Simpson, Nahovitz. It's my best try, guys. That's where I'm going. Um, also, um, an Egyptologist, um, said that the area comprising Somalia, Djibouti, the Red Sea, coast of Eritrea and Sudan, and the Horn of Africa is considered the most likely location. Um, more recently, in 2018, Polish archaeologists have been conducting research in the Temple of Hatshepsut since 1961, discover- in which they discovered the only depiction of a secretary bird, which is, a sag- which is called a Sagittarius Serpentarius. 1961. 1961. That's well, a really weird through line from yeah. the last episode. <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, uh, known from, an, from ancient Egypt and the bas-reliefs um, from the portico of Punt that depicted the great pharaonic expedition to the land of Punt. Um, now, this bird lives only in the African open grasslands and savanna and is listed among the birds found in Sudan, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, Eritrea, Djibouti, and Somaliland. The bird is not found in Arabia, which is why Arabia has been hmm. now crossed out. That. Okay. Um, and more recent, and even more recently, it's been suggested that Punt might be located in the eastern desert in Sudan and the northern Horn of Africa, where the Gash group, which was about 3,800 BC, and later the Jebel Mokram group flourished. Um, especially at the Gash group sites, many Egyptian pottery vessels and Egyptian faience beads were found, indicating close contacts with Egypt. Um, there also were some uh, Red Sea shells um, that demonstrate contact with the coast. Now, kind of looking at some of the more interesting things. Um, I, well, I say more interesting, but kind of more recent interesting developments is that this article, which is by Live Science, and there's also one by... Um, the Naked Scientist, which is an online site as well, um, is that there are they are trying to use mummified baboons to identify where Punt was. Okay. Here's the reason why. <laughs> so, because um, ancient Egyptian texts depict that um, Punt was somewhere to the south and east of Egypt. Again, somewhere that could be reached by land or sea. That's a huge fucking part of Africa. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, a gentleman named Nathaniel Domini, a primatologist and professor of anthropology at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire, thinks that he could narrow down Punt's location using baboons. Um, these animals, these primates, are not native to Egypt. But... Egyptians would import them. Um, And they mummified them. And I hate this. And I'm going to quote this because it's disgusting. And mummified them by the barrel load for centuries. I hate everything about that sentence. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I look, no disrespect. That's <laughs> fucking weird. No disrespect, but disrespect. <laughs> it's a slight disrespect. Um, and okay, so in some temples and necropolises, there are hundreds of baboon mummies, which I just want to point out with as much as I love ancient Egyptian like stuff, I have never I like fucking that. heard of this. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's probably because it's so weird, <laughs> it's so bizarre. Um, now, uh for the most part, they lived long lives and they had, um, unfortunately, they did live in captivity, which is kind of expected. Um, and they were pets or service animals. And in some tomb paintings, they're even kind of depicted as police dogs. <laughs> um, I'm imagining be- a monkey on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the, um, accordingly, or, um, According to the uh, images that it looked like they would help the authorities chase down thieves. Um, Good for them. uh Uh-huh. And so others, um, uh, other baboons um, may have been kept as part of the worship to the god Thoth, um, who was sometimes depicted as having a baboon head, which is interesting. Um... Now, they would look, basically, they did a lot of sciencey things on the animal's tissues, and they looked at molecular variations, isotopes, and the things that are present in soil and water, as, you know, because looking at all that information, you can figure out where someone's been. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, you can do this with humans as well. Like, our hair can show, you know, whether or not we're healthy, basically. When they look at... uh people's teeth sometimes like jane does john does to mm-hmm. figure out where they lived yep yeah because it's um mineralization um yep. has a huge thing to do with that it's one of the few sciencey things that i'm like that's not true i do like a lot of science things i just don't keep all of them in my head yeah <laughs> um because there's many of them oh i did not know this um uh, I guess for baboons, um, tooth enamel forms in the first one to three years of a baboon's life. Um, and then, of course, hair retains only for like the past couple of months. So they first took a look at modern baboons in 77 different locations to create a molecular map of what these levels look like in different regions. Then they analyzed two mummies from the New Kingdom period, which is 1520 BC to 1075 BC, and five from the Ptolem... Ptolem... How the fuck do you say that? Ptolemaic? Ptolemaic period? Ptolemaic, I think. Ptolemaic, maybe? Period after 332 BC. I'm discovering that while I read a lot of these, I've never had to say any of these out loud. (laughs) And it shows. Um, Now, they found that the New Kingdom baboons were born outside of Egypt in the modern region, or or in the region that is now modern-day Eritrea, Ethiopia, and Somalia. None of which would share a border with Egypt. Um, And this, of course, suggests that Egyptian sailors were quite capable um, seafarers and able to traverse the length of the Red Sea, which 
Have you seen what ancient Egyptians got up to? <laughs> Fucking <Yeah>. duh. <laughs> um, now, the mummies from the, Tol- the Ptolemaic period. See, because this is interesting. Because now is this one Ptolemy. is spelled different. This one is spelled different. Because this is the one like before. Ptolemy? This one. What the fuck? I, the other one said IAC. Ptolemaic. Is that know. a misspelling? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Um, they didn't seem to be imported. No, they were hmm. likely captive bred, which makes sense, unfortunately. Um, which apparently matches with historical texts. Why would they describe baboon breeding? It... I want to know why there's historical texts of describing baboon breeding. That's what. Okay. Okay. All right. Yo, we've all done shit. Um, I don't think many <laughs> of us have done that. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> How many times must they have watched to describe it in a text? <laughs> I don't want to be thinking about baboon sex right now. Can you stop? <laughs> Jesus. Okay not judging but judging <laughs> um so Dominique says that these findings should be considered provisional um but that they are hoping to you know continue researching and hopefully find a more concrete more concrete evidence so to kind of put this into perspective um with with now having this um biological information added to the picture the the wake of or let's say this the search scope has been narrowed narrowed significantly for 150 years historians and scholars have been debating that the possibility was in the arabian peninsula so even yemen was considered a strong contender for the location of punt um some people have put it as Mozambique or Uganda, and now they can rule those places out. And, you know, now that they can specifically say, hey, you know, this was located in Africa. Um, so I just find that really fascinating because it's like, and I just want to point out, these are updates that I hadn't known about until I started researching this. So it is not widely known. This article, um, ironically enough, the first one was posted on, oh, really, December 21st of 2020, and then the next one was March 15th of 2021. Okay. And I haven't really seen any updates since then, so I find that terribly interesting. Um, let me see. I don't want this to be such a short episode, but I think it's going to kind of be. Anyway, so this is kind of a... Um, image of a map of the new kingdom of Egypt 1450 BC so they're saying that they think it was down here okay so that they would travel from here to here and it's like the mystery isn't just trying to figure out where it is for the sake of figuring out where it is right like yeah, no, I don't Excavation think so. Excavation would, yeah. ha- would be done. Yeah, like, 
do like research and it's not just like scholarly speculation basically (laughs) no no i mean this is this is something it, it was very it's a so like I mean you can read right here too. It's it was one of their most significant trading okay. partners, and no one fucking knows where it is. That in and of itself is like wild. You know what? Okay, because I think part of the issue is that it is it was so culturally significant. I think it's it it is sort of similar to the way that we we say Washington to describe both Washington State and, and Washington, Washington D.C. But you can tell from context clues usually if you're American, yes, which one we mean, yes. Because if you're talking about politics, you're talking about Washington mm-hmm. D.C. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you're probably talking about Washington State. <laughs> yes, like, well, and kind of similarly to that is that for people who you know, mostly Americans, is that when you look at a map of the United States, you have Alaska and Hawaii there, kind of on the bottom left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... and so I run into a lot of people from the states. Who are like, oh, Alaska's not an island. Yeah, and it's like, or oh my god, the one that kills me, Alaska's not a part of the continental United States. Shut the fuck up! It is part of North America. Look at a real fucking map. Look at a real fucking map. We're on the left of Canada. How do you explain the goddamn straight line? <laughs> We, you can drive from the U.S. to Alaska. You have to go through Canada, but you can do it. And then, like, I literally, as a teenager, like, I would talk to people in the lower 48, and I'd be like, how the fuck do you not know this? And the issue is, is that when you look at a map of the U.S., within the U.S., you're looking at, you're not looking at a North American map. You're looking at a map of the United States of the lower 48 specifically mm-hmm. with Alaska and Hawaii in the bottom left corner. So, but what always gets me is how people think like, oh, it's a barren cold wasteland. <laughs> Bro, you can look up pictures like <laughs> you don't got to be an idiot. Well, but then on top of that is it's like if it's below California... Oh, yeah. Why the <laughs> fuck do you think it's a barren cold wasteland? That is not how geography works. What? Okay. Um, so before we get more into um, the conversation of Punt and, you know, if we have any thoughts on where it is, um, please uh, I've listen. I've felt less qualified to answer a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me either. Me either. Um, but for now, please listen to an ad um, so that we can afford to keep doing this. Now, kind of going back to Hatshepsut's expedition with the New Kingdom, um, it is, might not be the largest, uh, who knows, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the super specific facts of it all. I'm just here because I find this topic freaking interesting. Um her expedition is claimed to be the most thoroughly chronicled. Um, so basically, did this... we talk about her in the mummy episode? We did not. Okay. Are you wondering how you know her? I th- well, I mean, I probably know her from studying uh, art history. Uh huh. But so she <laughs> she was the pharaoh who dressed up like a man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
which I probably should have said. That's such yeah, a just small for listeners, you know, <laughs> descriptor of who Hatshepsut was. But sure, <laughs> let's go into who Hatshepsut was. So we're just gonna go right to the fucking Wikipedia, man. <sighs> okay. Hatshepsut was the pharaoh, uh, uh, was the fifth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty of Egypt. She is um, second historically confirmed female pharaoh. Okay. After Sobek Neferu. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, so she came to the throne in Egypt in um, 1478 BC and was the principal wife of Thutmose II. Now, she initially ruled as a regent to um, Thutmose III, the son of Thutmose II, by another wife and was the first male heir. While Thutmose III had inherited the throne at about two years old, um, Hatshepsut continued to rule by asserting her lineage as the daughter and only child of Thutmose I and his primary wife, Amos. Um, her husband, uh, Thutmose II, was the son of Thutmose I and a secondary wife named Mutnofret, um, who carried the title king's daughter. It was probably a child of Amos I. Um, Hatshepsut and Thutmose had a daughter named Neferu. Um, yeah. So, (laughs) so, uh can't get into ancient egyptian lineages because that just keeps going it really does the gift that keeps on giving it's a who um so uh she is described as having a reign of about 21 years by ancient authors um and another one person said it was like 22 years um So, let's see here. You know what? I'm going to have y'all... I'll do I'll do an episode on Hatshepsut later. But, like... This woman... Absolute queen. She did a lot for her people too like it was not just like it wasn't just like a sit that she was sit badass. and smile thing she was freaking cool freaking love hot chips hot chips it um so um in the image depictions that we have um we see that um, that there's actually a depiction of Punt because she actually went to Punt. Okay. Yeah, she herself went to Punt. And they included beehive-shaped houses on stilts, um, which were shaded by palm and possibly myrrh trees. Um, another scene um, depicts her flotilla of ships departing for and arriving at the distant country where they're loaded very heavily with the marvels of the land of Punt for the return voyage. Um, the last expedition to Punt that we know of occurred under Ramesses III in the 12th century BC. An ancient papyrus 
rec uh, records that Ramses III constructed great transport vessels loaded with limitless goods from Egypt. They reached the land of Punt, unaffected by any misfortune, safe and respected. Um, but the papyrus does not say where they returned from. Um, now, for Ramesses' journey, um, Ramesses, um, they did take the um, exhibition in part via the Red Sea. Um, and Why do I want to say it's Ramses? Ramses? But it has an extra E. I don't... I just... <laughs> Who knows? I don't know Who anymore, knows? and I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm sleepy. <laughs> um, we don't speak ancient Egyptian. We promise. I was say we don't talk about Bruno. Sorry, don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> oh no, no, no! We don't talk about. Bruno. Did you catch? Did you catch him dancing in the background in one of the scenes? <laughs> Fuck it. Okay, him. don't even. I love that movie. When we were at the fair with the girls, at one point we had all we were stopped because you know they wanted to pet the animals, and um, we were standing in line, and we literally broke into a rendition <laughs> of "We Don't Talk About Bruno," <laughs> and I mean the whole fucking song. <laughs> it was. Do you want to see the kinds of ads that I get? Um, yeah. That's... Why do I get these? Uh, yeah, no, I pretty much get those too. I also get the wolf ones. I don't get the ones specific, like, I think my phone is just like, you're gay, and that's it. <laughs> that's all we know. I'm just, I, sorry, I know I'm being very silent on this recording, and obviously <laughs> I'm going to cut, like, 90% of this. But I just, I find this so incredibly interesting because, like, you look at Egypt and you look at everything that they accomplished and it's just fucking stunning and it's gorgeous. And I'm like, look at this fucking, look at this, look at this. Talk about withstanding the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> they were around for so long and we, like. The colors, the. And what's. Egyptian art is gorgeous. And can we just, again, appreciate the fact that, like, what is it? I think it's, like, Cleopatra lived closer to, like, us going to space than when the uh, pyramids were built. Yeah. How fucking crazy is that? Like, time is a construct. Time means nothing. Yes. I feel like this is a combo bullshit episode, and I didn't really mean it to be. Because... I will let you keep your token. <laughs> okay. So, because I mean, because all it is, is it's a lot of supposition. And they're, you know, they have not, they mm -hmm. don't, they have some ideas, but yeah. they don't have any concrete proof of where anything is. But it really within... does remind me of Tro Troy. Because we have general, mm -hmm. the, we have general records of where, it sort of is mm -hmm. and we have a couple of sites that we're pretty sure it's probably one of them yeah but we can't be a hundred percent no you know no and it's it's like the lost colony of roanoke just saying um but i just you know i just find it really interesting because now more recently because that's 2020 2021 that we were or that 
we were looking into scientific methods to find out where this place existed. And that kind of gives me hope for places like Atlantis because I really, I mean, and I don't know a person my age who's not like, yo, where's Atlantis? Because that's cool as hell. But it's like, I'm really curious. And it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, did one place call it this? Or was it... And what we're not going to talk about in this hybrid bullshit episode is what information we lost when the Library of Alexandria burned. Because, yeah. <laughs> I've just thrown Belle into an existential crisis. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that today. <laughs> because if I do, I'm going to scream. I get so unbelievably angry at that. But, like Ollie said, gonna let it go i'm gonna move on it's fine it's totally chill we're fine we're good it's all good here but you're good (laughs) at the end of the day i just think it's really amazing and compelling to see how important these things are Mm -hmm. while it you know ever you know they all knew where it was yeah we've talked about the third salt shaker yeah or the third shaker yeah yeah and it's like but at the end of the day the biggest thing for me comes down to we are now starting to use science to find out these answers and it's like if we're doing that what can't we do and i'm just like i like for me if there was ever anything that i could do like if you know yes big conversation if there's like an afterlife I just want to be able to sit down and go, here's every single question that I have ever. I want to know the answers. I, w- I wish I could obtain that much information and find out these answers that I've been dying to know. Now, mind you, while they're not super significant to my capability to like function as a person, I don't really care because I find the shit fascinating. So, well, this was kind of... I don't want to say it was a full bullshit episode because obviously no, I did again. I did I did look I did do you know part of it was experimenting on seeing hey does this format work honestly I'll probably never do it again I wasn't a big fan of the format I like to know what I'm going to talk about instead of just like mm-hmm. research bouncing content. yeah to me it doesn't flow as well you're <laughs> probably going to hear it I'm probably going to hate editing this later that's totally fine whatever but at the end of the day any time that we are using science to mm-hmm. progress and answer questions that have long been long been mysteries long been mysteries yes it's a good day mm-hmm. because it just <laughs> it shows how much we are progressing technologically yes and we as humans want to solve mysteries we don't like things that we don't understand yep we don't like to Which have is... questions unanswered I was gonna say, which is good, but it, you know, it can we, like it can get us in trouble. I am, I am also a human, so I would say that it is good. Yes, like <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, so in this kind of very chaotic and much shorter than normal episode, I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to today's episode of um, the review of the Lost Land of Punt. And a little bit about who Hutchepsit was. <laughs> the brief foray into the amazing woman <laughs> that she that she was.
you for listening to today's episode of A Wild Mystery Podcast Appears, recorded and produced by Belle and Ollie. Please check out all of our social media where we have additional information shared. You can find all of those links on our website at awmpa.com. We'd love to hear your feedback for our podcast, so be sure to rate and review. Tune in next week for another episode of A Wild Mystery Podcast Appears.